on Sky Sports Radio. Time to talk to Vince Accardi. It most certainly is on a Friday and really looking forward to talking with Vince because these good horses well, are in full swing in Melbourne and in Sydney. Hello, mate. Good morning, Dave. Love Daily. to hear your voice as always and well done for last weekend on getting that winner in the last race, which paid very well. Gently rolled, yes. yes. It meant that yes. we could Hopefully enjoy. everybody chimed in on that one because that was a fantastic result. Well, you gave me some confidence because I must admit, after talking, it's funny, funny thing, and you would know this from years of punting, that and one of the great things about our game, and, and for all, you know, it's, it's all sports, you know. You might sit down and have a coffee with some mates or have a lunch and some beers, and you say, look, I really think this horse could win the last, and they were sort of going, oh, I don't know, Dave, I don't know, and it puts a bit of doubt in your mind, but then your data backed it up for me, which was great. Yeah, and... <laughs> I get it. I get it. I was listening this morning. You had the punters. What a great show it was this morning. I loved it. All the controversy there. When I say controversy, the differences of opinions, which is beautiful. And Chris Roots, wasn't he just so bullish about his thoughts? I loved it. Yeah. Well, that's where I'm going to start. And actually, before okay. I do start, obviously, Vince is from the dailysectionals.com.au. If you wanted to get in contact with Vince and the team, uh, it, uh, you can get them on the email, info at dailysectionals.com.au or give the office a call on 0394364669. And as we always say, uh, Vince, a lot of information on there. Daily Sectionals has been a brainchild of yours um, and you've developed this unbelievable database and analysis and people can uh, jump on and be getting your data. Oh, thank you, Dave. It's a, it, this, is, this is a great sport. I'm so grateful that I am doing this every day of my life. I wouldn't want to do anything else other than this. It, this is the best. It's the best sport, in, in my opinion. Now, I want to start with the race that did cause a bit of, uh, mm-hmm. not, not con, uh, controversy or controversy, but it um, just sounded like Ray Warren then, controversy. <laughs> but surround sound, the surround sound, um, drink-wise surround steaks. Uh, so learning to fly is at three dollars and ten cents currently with the tab has gone two ninety to three ten. You heard Chris so bullish about Kamochi, and I am in the corner of Tropical Squall. I think she's tough, and 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 I really loved her last trial, where she was revved up, and obviously Aft Cabin was the only uh, horse to beat her in that trial. But what did you make? What's your data suggesting about this surround sound stake? Well, firstly, if we talk about Tropical Squall. This is a, a horse that's still progressing. We don't have a ceiling on the horse in terms of what's its capability sort of going to top out. At the moment, if we just look at the handful of starts this horse has had in the last campaign, it did peak with a plus 1.4, so that's 1.4 lengths higher than the standards, the IVR figure, and that was over a mile at Randwick, third up. So this is a horse that's obviously super consistent, likes to race up the front. That day when it won, I mean, the speed that it demonstrated going 7.7 lengths faster than standard is a real testament to the type of capacity and capability it has. Now, at 1,400 metres, even though this horse did win in September on the Kenzo first up, that performance was below benchmark and the horse continuously improved and, of course, didn't show anywhere near the same sort of exertion and acceleration performance-wise it did two starts later. But this is a stable that's uh, dynamic with their horses, 
being tough and ready to go. So, of course, I can understand that this horse is going to be ready to go and will create a lot of pressure, I feel, in this race. The challenge is, when you sit down and give it a, a bit more thought, where is its best distance going to ultimately end up? Is it going to end up at a mile? Could it be all the way out to 2,000 metres or more? And no matter what happens, the horse should improve from the first up run. So for that reason, I probably just sort of had it sort of tilting a little bit behind the others. And the, and I don't believe that the way the track pattern's going to play is going to be in its favour either. Unless they get, you know, like six to eight off in the home straight. I'm not sure that Adam Hieronymus as a rider will do that, particularly when you use speed, you're going to get tired late. You have a tendency to shift more to the inside than drifting out to the left, and that creates a little bit more vulnerability. And what I mean by that is it's going to allow some of the stalkers and the midfield runners who may get in those lanes and get the edge late. And we're talking about late over the last 150 to 100 metres, maybe. Okay, so where are you leaning? Where's your data leaning at this stage? Well, it's interesting. Firstly, learning to fly. I was listening very carefully to what Chris Roots was saying. He's obviously, you know, very, very good at the, at the sport and has a lot of knowledge. And what I could glean from his communication was that he felt that what the negative on the horse was, was that it could be flattened by the first up run. So I wanted to address that first and just bring some clarity to that. It was off a long break. We've got to look at the profile of the trainer, Annabelle Nishan. I believe that this trainer is still evolving. We're nowhere near seeing where she's going to ultimately end up as a trainer. All I can indicate is that she is shaping up as the next great you know, female trainer, in my view. Like, and I'm talking about greatness. And her typical strategy is she has a very, very... Uh, fit and ready to go first up, like very fit and ready. Although in more recent times, and this is like particularly over this last, you know, three or four months, I've noticed that a number of her horses, she is now preparing them and they appear to be building a little bit more. So this horse is very fit. That run that it had first up, it's highly unlikely that this horse would be flattened by it. Why? That first section, 8.2 lengths below benchmark, yes, there was a really solid move in the mid-race of around 10.5 lengths. Now, if you study a lot of Mr. Waller's horses as an example, and it's very well known in the racing game from a lot of form students that they love to follow Mr. Waller's horses, particularly when they've had you know three runs and then potentially peaking, although he is quite capable of getting them ready first up. One of these great arts about how he gets his horses ready. He loves to use tremendous mid-race moves in terms of getting their conditioning right up in terms of being race fit. So I see this run as nothing more than a perfect sort of build-up in getting that fitness to the next level. So the probability of being flat is going to be very, very low. Okay. So, therefore... You have to give respect. So the question mark really is, how will this horse handle itself at 1,400? That's probably more to the point, in my view. Pace-wise, 
we're going to have good speed. This horse can handle faster pace, slower pace, does have excellent acceleration over the last 400 metres. It sits firmly around that three and a half to four lengths above. It's got excellent sustained speed. But that's the question mark. How will it handle 1,400 for the first time? Okay. Very, very fascinating stuff. And obviously tomorrow uh, morning or even this afternoon, people can be uh, searching uh, and jumping on and buying that the meeting package, can't they? Uh, which Absolutely. will not only have I mean, this one, but other races as weekend, well. If you had brought the early edition race speed profile, $22. I don't know. The quality didn't pay a lot of money, but we had the quality as an example. You know, the last four legs. Again, it was nothing to go and, you know, beat the drums on. But just to give you some insight, there was some, there was some good value there. But uh, obviously not like $20,000 result or something like that. Every now and then they come along. But that's just to give you an example that you don't have to spend a lot of money and get some tremendous insight. Now, uh, what about down in Melbourne? We've obviously got some really nice races. So that's Ramwick. That's only one race at Ramwick. And obviously, yeah. if you get Vince's uh, package, you can have a look at all races there at Ramwick tomorrow. There's some beauties. I do want to ask you about this Guineas in Melbourne. It's the Australian Guineas. Obviously, Riff Rocket was very good first up over the 1,400. I've landed in the corner of V8. I think that he's going to run a real big race, Mr. Brightside form, back to his own age. What do you feel about the Australian Guineas? Well, this is a fantastic race. So there is one angle that you can look at the profile and the prism of the form and saying that it could potentially be a very thin race in terms of opportunities. And then there's another lens that you can put on and say it could become quite complex depending on how you view two or three key runners. Now, V8 is one of those key runners. The performance that it put down last start, 2.2 lengths better than standard. When you break down that race, it was good speed first section, plus 1.1. Between the 8 and the 4, it was 4.9 lengths above benchmark. There was a taper over the last 400 metres, losing 1.6 lengths in velocity. And then the last 200 metres, probably the biggest alarm bell, where it dropped actually 1.8 lengths below the standard and overall velocity loss was two lengths so there's a couple of ways of looking at this when you're a form student and you're looking at sectional times and how you can utilize this to your advantage the first thing that we've got to look at is where is this horse in the campaign now all the history books show that if you have 84 days a lot of people would consider that to be almost a spell in many people's eyes, you know, more than 60 days. But in the modern day, and maybe I'm wrong, but when I look at all the simulation work and, you know, backtrack data, it sort of indicates that the real breakthrough is for a proper spells like 120 days because the techniques have changed. So when I run the simulator off an 84-day break and this horse has now had two runs, there's a high possibility that this horse actually peaked at Caulfield. And when you look at that taper oh, no. from a sectional data point <laughs> no. of view and you see that drop-off late, it could be the indicator that the horse has done for the campaign. Now, if that's the case, that's pretty scary, right? 
in it terms is, of especially if you're wanting to launch in it into the horse. I'm already on Vince. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So this is I, I'm just yeah. giving you the lens through a form student and the way I'm analysing sectional data, and I look at both sides of the coin and say, okay, let's say the simulation's correct. What usually happens when you run a simulator and they have four, this is typically 40 days off to a roughly around 80 days. Now, this one's 84, so I don't know exactly how to pin it, right? But I'm just putting it in that basket of 80 days. What usually happens is with a lot of horses is when they've had a number of runs, they come in off a 40 to 80 day break and they can have a peaking run and then they drop off or they fall off the cliff. In other words, they go and regress negatively. There are also a whole cluster of performances where horses will come off that break and run well, but they don't run to a new peak and then they peak at the subsequent start and then they taper off negatively. So this is a very lightly raced horse. There's no way we've got a ceiling, right? McAvoy is a master trainer. It has the golden rider, in, in my view, Damien Lane, the sensational at Flemington. So it's difficult to knock the horse from all those aspects. And then you put the last layer. The last layer is how confident are you in a fast run race that this horse is going to do it at a mile? with this type of setup. Fitness-wise, it can't be any fitter. could be tapering in the negative, right? But how will it handle a really fast pace and still be able to hold on? So that's the question mark right now. If I knew this was a soft-run race, maybe I would be giving it some more consideration. In terms of quality, of course it's worthy of being there. It's one of the three or four classiest horse in this field. So I am not knocking its class by any shape or form. And this is a horse of the future as well. But tomorrow, big mountain to climb, right? Big mountain to climb. No easy task. One I did want to throw at a price. I don't know what the current TAB price is right now, but maybe you can help me, Dave. What is the current price of Zipperway? Okay, the Western Australian horse, $19, zip away, and 4 dollars okay. the place. Right. So if we're going to move away from a horse like V8 or Riff Rocket, the two horses that come to prominence is Zip Away and Snow Patrol. Firstly, Zip Away. We're talking about open class capabilities, one of the reasons why a lot of people like V8 about its open class capability. But let's look at what Zipperway's done in its two leading runs before coming to Victoria. Ascot over a mile. Unbelievable performance, plus 1.2. So it's up to this class. And when I do the stress test to see if, the, if that race is trending on point or better or weaker, the trends are all saying that that is trending about a length stronger than what I scored the horse. And then I look at the breakdown of that race. It was near benchmark speed early. It was maintained between the 8 and the 400, which is so important because you get to learn about the horse's sustained speed. And then the last 400 metres was four lengths above the standard. It was all ticks. Then they went to 1,800 metres. The horse actually improved further despite not winning. It was a tough race. They went even faster, and this horse was tremendous. Now, this horse has the same problem. It comes over, with a, had a 63-day break with a little extra caveat. It's all travelled all the way from WA 
to Victoria. Now, I don't believe they've made a mistake making that move. Just whether it's happening all too soon is the question. But it had a bounce in the negative in terms of performance. And what was, why did this happen? Firstly, it went 7.7 lengths below benchmark first section. Excellent between the 8 and the 400. Travelling above benchmark. Finished reasonably well after looking gone with a plus 2.2 last 400. Now, when this is a very clear sign. Generally speaking, if this horse was already in Victoria, I'd be extremely confident for a new PB coming into tomorrow's race. Like, in other words, you couldn't plan it any better if it was a Victorian horse. But it is from WA, so I don't know how much gets taken out of them with the travel because not all horses uh, settle in when they come from WA, and that's the only risk I see with that horse. Other than that, make no mistake, it should be equal favourite based on what it's done prior to that Caulfield run. So all the gold's been given because of what happened at Caulfield. Now, it may be justified. Maybe the horse is not happy and isn't going to deliver this time round, and that that's possible, and this is the way the market's treating it. But I would say very cautious. Horses not worthy of the $20. It's worthy of being much shorter. Snow Patrol's the only other runner that I'm paying huge respect to. That run first up, Dave, was fantastic. First of all, performance was one length above benchmark, slightly behind a few other runners, but then I look at the structure. 6.8 lengths below benchmark first section, beautiful run between the eight and the four, going 1.7 above, excellent last 400 metres of 3.4 lengths above benchmark. What I look for, again, as a form student using sectional times, is I'm looking for that taper at the end. Why I want the taper off that break is to give me some insight what sort of conditioning improvement can we expect from that run purely off the numbers? And there it was. It was a little taper of around one and a half, uh, around a half a length, my apology. And we've seen that little bit of a far leg move in terms of going faster, slower, faster, and then weakening. Again, that all aids to at least a half length of improvement to come. And this is a runner that looks set to thrive on the step up. Got a great rider on board and comes from a fantastic stable, should be highly respected and should be a lot shorter as well in the market. There we go. Well, I like that bit of wisdom. We will follow that tomorrow, Vince. Great to talk with you, mate. As we mentioned, dailysectionals.com.au. People can jump on uh, to the online store and they can be looking at uh, the uh, race speed, the race speed profile, final edition, uh, the early edition. And if you want to get involved with subscriptions, you can as well, mate. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Dave, as always.